Welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Anthony, and I am one of your hosts. Alongside me, I got my two, I'm going to call them jack-o'-lanterns for our Halloween, <laughs> Halloween, uh, for the Halloween that's about to happen, or probably while you're listening to this, this is, it will be Halloween. Is that correct? I don't know. It'll no. Be November. I mean, we have a calendar. <laughs> it's coming out a week before yeah. Halloween. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Wait, like, none that of is this. really doesn't like time. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're an audience in 2022. See, my jack-o'-lanterns, they're helping me today with time. Always. You're like a Willy Wonka for Halloween, where you're like, instead of Oompa Loompas, we're just jack-o'-lanterns. Yes. Yes. Daniel and... Or sorry, you pointed at Yeah, you pointed at me. Like, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel and the ethnic and one. Shay. <laughs> That's it. How are you two doing today? You go first. I'll go first. I'm doing well, thank you. Other than having this uh, candle in my mouth, I'm great. Thank <laughs> oh, you. Oh, God. Is it a song from my Elton John, I think? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> candle in my mouth. <laughs> uh, I'm also good. I am... I'm living, you know. I have a I've had a busy week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Do you want to tell Strong the audience week? a little bit about the surprise? That- yeah, my girlfriend uh, planned me a surprise birthday uh slash new job party. Um and man, like I I've never I don't ever really get surprise parties like I've had like I think one before, but it was more like a surprise like attack on me more or less. Uh, this one was like, my mom's like, oh, we're going to go. And uh, it's my friend's uh, son's graduation from like med school. I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know this guy, but like, well, that's how <laughs> good for him. I go. guess med school sounds hard. <laughs> um, and then I'm holding bags of ice as I always do. Cause every party that I ever go to, people always ask me to bring ice, like I'm the ice man or something. Um, <laughs> I walked in like cool party. Uh, so anyways, I walk in and all of a sudden lights are off and everyone's yelling surprise. And I'm seeing all the faces from my life. There, Shay thought he was dying alive on and the spot. dead for some reason yeah. too. Yeah, uh, but we should, no, it was we should post that footage. Unless you don't want people to know you. Uh, well, I mean, you can. I just feel like if you follow us on social media, yeah, you've probably yeah, seen you probably people seen have already seen it. Seen it but they're like, yeah. Well, whatever. but I told Anthony you should include it in our Halloween video because <laughs> yeah. it's just of him getting scared. Yeah, you know? it was just I was holding the bags of ice and I didn't know what the hell was going on. But I had a good week, and uh, you know, um, on on a personal note, I'm leaving a job that I've been at for 11 years this week, and so, it's scary. It is scary, and you know, we're going to miss you here on the podcast. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I've only been in this job for barely a year. Uh, no, uh, but I think it'll. I'm going to have more time uh, for the pod and for the people of the pod. I agree. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we're excited for you. Yeah. We're very excited for you. Cool. Um, but yeah, how about all... you, Anthony? How are you doing? Yeah. I was at the surprise party with Shay. We were. It, it we were a... just like giving, we were trying like to like really make him feel bad as well too yeah. before he got there. We were trying to. Yeah. We were doing our best. You guys tried, but I, I'm too sweet to you guys. And I, and yeah, I, I know. And I deflected it. Yeah, you he, did. You did really. Yeah. I'm like, listen, brothers, I, I've never <laughs> loved whatever you in my life. Did I, did I ever tell him how much I love you guys? Like, yeah. Shay, what? Fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> Why? It is all right for you to feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, a, it was a long week. We watched a lot of movies. Um, Eternals and the French Dispatch and then, you know, just doing some video work for the pod that you'll see on our social media. And then, you know, Shay's surprise. It was just a lot of like a lot of events. Build up. Yeah, a yeah, lot of build, build up. up. But yeah, I'm glad it's the end of the week and yeah. probably gonna start another one another crazy week ahead. Tomorrow. The party don't stop. Yeah. Till I walk in. Yeah, that's true. As always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every Monday and watch out throughout the week for review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at The Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're still looking for those 
at what are we, what are we at at this moment, guys? Uh, we're 140 something, something like that. Yeah, yeah so we yeah. still yeah. need. We can pull up our more accurate numbers here. Still need a couple more, quite well, a bit of more we could do to it. hit. We that could do 200 it. If, mark. if we really, if we really like force and annoy you guys, I think you guys could help us get us there. Yeah. You know? And you can join us on Discord and write into the show Three. at. Oh, I'm seeing 143. I'm seeing 144. Oh, let me refresh. Oh, oh different time zones. Thanks Sorry, for, Anthony. Thanks Sorry, for interrupting. Anthony. Right, we apologize. Uh, but you can write into the show at hello at themoviepodcast.ca and you can check out our show notes for all those links and more. My spiel is done. I'm going to send it to Daniel for announcements. Oh, you're going to send it to hell. Oh, well, oh yes. I'm, I'm here in hell. Daniel to Live hell. here in hell is Daniel <laughs> with the announcements. Guys, it is hot as <laughs> hell earth right now down here. Uh, no, we, we have some really fun announcements this week. Uh, this episode is coming out on a Monday, but guess what came out yesterday? Our Eternals review. A spoiler-free review. I'm so lost in time. I know. What we're we're everywhere. It? We're time traveling. We're going through time th- through wormholes. But yes, our Eternals review is out now. Go and listen to it. Go listen to why we think it is the Marvel movie you need to see. Mm-hmm. I know you see all of them, but you really need to see this one. Uh, it's a beautiful film. We loved it. Go listen to all of our thoughts on why you should. We also have our review out for The French Dispatch. Coming soon on the movie podcast, we will have a review for Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we're going to be dropping a commentary this week. So it's Ooh, been a while. Child. We last commentary we dropped was last year. Was not was not our one of our Christmas commentaries. Mm-hmm. Was Home Alone or Die Hard? It was one of those. Die Hard. I don't think we, di- did we do the Home Alone. We did Home. We did Home Alone. We did yeah. Home Alone. We did Home Alone and Die Hard last year. I think Home Alone was the last one. Yeah. So yeah. we we dropped those last year. We're going to have some more this year, of course. But our commentary this year will be for the film Scream, which is also celebrating uh, its anniversary this year. Is it not? Is it 20 years? Yeah. yeah. Totally. My no, God. Is it 25 years? That because Scream came out in 96. Oh, my God. So 25 years. Yeah, my 96. Lord. 25 years. Yeah. yeah. So 25 years old this year. So Crazy. we're celebrating with a commentary. Um, and also later on in this episode of the movie podcast, we are talking to art director for Ron's Gone Wrong, Karen DeJong, who was so nice to talk to Shay and I last week. Um, we're going to have uh, that interview later on in the episode. Uh, but Karen's worked on some incredible films like when you go through her IMDb uh, Lord of the Rings Speed Contacts uh, some Jurassic like Park. Jurassic Park some like these the biggest films of all time she has worked on them so we were so lucky to have her uh, for about 10 minutes on the show today so definitely look forward to that she's an absolute sweetheart oh absolute she was sweet. phenomenal so yeah. we're, we're going to be dropping some video footage of that too on our feed later this week but my god yeah what a, what a lovely lovely human being and we we're so lucky to talk to her so look forward to that later in the episode thank you Daniel this week, we also had the opportunity to be part of Eternal's press conference. Um, I know, Daniel, you were there and you were able to watch it. Maybe you can kind of give us a little bit or tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the whole thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, it was really cool. I mean, the, when you look already at the cast of Eternals, it is massive. And you have everyone who's in the film at this press conference. So you literally have Chloe Zhao, obviously, who's the director, but you have Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kumail Nanjiani, Leah McHugh, uh, sorry, McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, Lauren Ridloff, Brian, uh, Barry uh, Keoghan, Don Lee, uh, Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, Angelina Jolie, like everyone is there. Um, and what was really cool is that they did a great job with just moderating all the questions. The, it was moderated by the uh, Rotten Tomatoes awards uh 
awards editor um, who's always does a phenomenal job with all of her uh, facilit- like press conferences that she facilitates. But um, what I really loved about this press conference is that really gave, like the movie, each actor their time to really shine and talk about the roles, you know. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me is, you know, is hearing Selma Hayek talk about, you know, how you know, throughout her 20s and 30s and 40s, she always wanted to be part of like a superhero movie, but she was never given the opportunity. So now here she is in her 50s and she was finally able to do that. And, to, and you know, as she said, like to, you know, to do it as like the mother-like figure in the film and to be like a Latina and to be able to do that meant so much to her. And same with Angelina Jolie, you know, we've never really seen her do a superhero film before. You know, the closest that we've seen her kind of do is Laura Croft or... Wanted. Um, she was in Wanted. Or Wanted, you know, like, so it's things like that. But, to, you know, to have her in this film and to have her character who you will all see in Eternals as someone who's very vulnerable... Uh, she she talks a lot about that too, and I and I thought it was just so so cool seeing this whole cast together. Obviously, it's a stacked cast, but um, it was just oh man, like I'm just so excited for people to see this movie. Um, and as we we will continue to say throughout this this episode, uh, check out our review of Eternals, which is out now. Um, one of the other things that I thought was really funny is Kumail Nanjiani. Um. He was he was a little scared about doing like a full on Bollywood dance scene, uh, and then Chloe's like, "No, don't worry, it's actually going to be like an action, like a Bollywood action scene." So he was all on board, and then when he got to to start doing the production of the film, it actually changed back to a Bollywood <laughs> dance scene. Um, so he had to. He's like, "You know what? Just get. Me, I'll do it. I trust you, Chloe. Just get me a trainer, get me a, a coach, get me whatever I need to make this look authentic." Um, and it's great. Uh, like you know, I think everybody who was part of this film and and you, you see this a lot with with marvel films like it really does become a family when you're making a film of these caliber not not just caliber these this the scale right so i i think just everyone just brings it in this movie and i'm so excited for the world uh to see this movie on november 5th yeah i was my biggest takeaway from the film um after watching and and seeing these reviews and just them talking about it is just how much they've bonded together as a family and right. just the chemistry. It is a large cast and they were, they all got along. They all like really cared about their characters and really cared about making this movie a success. And I think they really cared um, to deliver for Chloe in this time, in this type of movie, because it is a different type of Marvel movie. I think that's why this movie kind of, has that uniqueness to it that you don't really see Definitely. a lot. You might have seen it. You see it in in Endgame because it's a huge cast and they're different actors. And you would expect with the caliber of actors that we saw in Eternals, um, not everyone would get along, but everyone did. And that's that's what makes this movie a beauty. And hopefully, we get to see more of these characters in the future. Definitely. And yeah, I think it all, like you said, Anthony, it all comes back to Chloe Zhao and, you know, her vision for this film and, um, you know, hearing her talk about inspirations like she got to see Dune early because she wanted to, you know, really kind of dive into like the changing aspect ratios. Like, how do you show a celestial that feels like he's larger than life or it's larger than life? Sorry. And And she's like, yeah, you know, you have to show that shifting at that IMAX aspect ratio to really feel like you're being immersed in it. And then obviously interstellar is another big one for her too, that, you know, with just the space travel and just the look of space in that movie, you see it, you see it in Eternals. And I think, I don't think people are prepared for how different a Marvel film an MCU film, especially Eternals is going to be. 
We're going to get into our first news story of the week, and this one's a pretty sad one. Rust DP Helena Hutchins dies after prop gun misfires on New Mexico set of Alec Baldwin's Western. Director Joe Souza also injured, and this is coming from Anthony D'Alessandro and Matt Grober of Deadline. The Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office has confirmed that Director of Photography Elena Hutchins was the crew member killed on the New Mexico set of Rust, where star Alec Baldwin was holding a prop gun that misfired, striking Hutchinson and Director Joe Souza. Production has been halted for an undetermined period of time, hours before the tragedy a half-dozen camera crew workers walked off set to protest working conditions. The camera operator and their assistants were frustrated by the conditions surrounding the low-budget film, including complaints about long hours, long commutes, and waiting for their paychecks. According to three people familiar with the matter who were not authorized to comment, safety protocol standards in the industry, including gun inspections, were not strictly followed on the rust set near Santa Fe, the sources said. They said, at least one of the camera operators complained last weekend to a production manager about gun safety on the set. Three crew members who were present at the Bonanza Creek Ranch set on Saturday said they were particularly concerned about two accidental prop gun discharges. Baldwin's stunt double accidentally fired two rounds Saturday after being told the gun was cold. Lingo for a weapon that doesn't have any ammunition, including blanks. Two crew members who witnessed the episode told the Los Angeles Times. This was, um, this news story broke Wednesday night, I believe Wednesday night. Yes. Yes. It was Thursday, I think. Yeah. It was right after the French dispatch when we got home. It was the 21st that this was, this was happening. So yeah, this was a Thursday night. Thursday night. Yeah. Thursday Thursday night. Sorry. Um, and we were shocked because the first thing you saw was Alec Baldwin accidentally, uh, kills this, this, um, Helena Hutchins and then you were like wait what how is this happening and it it just brought you back for me it brought back memories of Brandon Brandon Lee Lee. in the same type of scenario being shot by a prop gun and killed and you're wondering how could this happen like you 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 as a a person who's into film but like even you know there's props they're not real bullets but then you realize, if you do the research, that there are points that there is live ammunition at certain points and how prop guns are, are built, there could be chances of a live round mm-hmm. being fired. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was super, 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 super devastating news. I saw pictures of Alec Baldwin just down. like He's just devastated that... I think just in shock in of, shock, of yeah. what happened, right? Because he must have been, if I was, if I'm picturing the scene he must have been pointing the camera the gun at the camera if she was right in front of right as a dp yeah. right like you're usually going to be in front of yeah so right I, i'm just camera, that was yeah. probably what happened and maybe the director was behind her directing the scene I, again i'm just we're spe- yeah, speculating, speculating but yeah. that's how i think this could have happened and just everything that um transpired over the couple of days but of course, um, yeah I'm just, I'm just, I don't understand how in 2021 stuff like this happens. Like, I, I understand that accidents happen. I understand that, you know, things don't go according to plan while you're shooting a movie. But if you're working on a project like this and you've already had incidences of, of guns going off and you're having crew mm-hmm. leaving 
And there was a lot of ununionized people there working because the crew did not feel safe working on set and they weren't happy with the conditions. It's sad that this was an accident waiting to happen. You know, this was this was a time bomb and it, and it went off. And it's just so sad that this happened. I My heart breaks for uh, Helena Hutchins. And, you know, she's, she's a cinematographer that will no longer be able to see the, the incredible work that she'll be able to do. Mm-hmm. And now she's leaving behind a family for such a senseless and devastating like accident, accident yeah. and just tragedy that just did not need to happen. And they need to like i don't even know how um where does where does this film go from here uh i don't know i haven't seen at least netflix put out a statement or anything like that or it just you have the your director and your director of cinematography one who is who is now dead and one who is injured and it's like what what's it going to take for for people to realize that you need to have like to put these precautions into play it's so frustrating and it's mm-hmm. such because when you see stuff like this it's just it's so just it's so senseless like mm-hmm. it just did not need to happen mm-hmm. right and now um again i'm focusing on helena hutchins i'm also thinking of like alec baldwin now who's like this is this is something that i've done and yeah. this is something that i will carry with he's going to carry for the rest of his life too yeah right it's just, it's just, this is so sad. This is so senseless, and I really hope there's a full-on investigation and they figure out what the hell happened here, and they, whoever is responsible, is held accountable for this. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of, um, you know, this is this is happening also just following the the strike that was happening last week with the IATSC. Yep, and you already have crew members at that time talking about the conditions that they were working in. So to follow it up right away with this, this is. This shows how, and again, this is after a lot of the um, accommodations, I guess, are hopefully being met. This is still happening. This just goes to show that you might think that Hollywood is all glitz and glamour, but the amount of work and the amount that's put into it is absolutely insane. And these people are risking their lives no matter what. I'm also just stunned that we're at this point in our in, in our time where, you know, you use CG for everything. Why can we not just use CG for this? Mm-hmm. You, Adding gunshot effects, sounds, uh, whatever you want to add, smoke, you can add it in post at no problem, at, at with no harm to anybody there that's working. So why could you not do that in this situation? Why does why do you ever need to have blanks or or live rounds or anything these guns anymore? I don't know if it's a fascination around America and weapons still. Or is it something else? But this needs to change. This needs There needs to be safer places for work. Stunt people and anybody else in this industry shouldn't have to worry about their life that much. They should know what they're getting themselves into. And gunfire really shouldn't have to be one of them. And, you know, my heart goes out to Helena Hutchins and her family. I know that she has, I, think, I believe, a child as well and her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can only imagine what they're going through. And I, I we send them love from the movie podcast that we hope they're doing okay. If I can reference... Um Brandon Lee's situation, what happened on that set. And I'm not, I don't know if that happened here, but essentially on set, they use two types of bullets in, in these, in these um, scenes. And one is a dummy bullet, which is a bullet without gunpowder, but it has a bullet tip. And the other bullet is a bullet with gunpowder without the tip. And that one is the blank round. The blank round is what they use to get that sensation that you're shooting and smoke is coming out of the gun. 
um, the dummy bullet is usually used for scenes where they need to like show the gun revolving in the chamber. Right. So you see the tip, and I th- this is uh, I think a western type of movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is. I, yes. I believe they were probably using um, revolvers. Yeah. So with Brandon Lee's story, what happened was when he shot the when he was using a gun or in the scene he wasn't using it, but someone was using that gun. There's a primer on the back of the bullet, and when you cl- click the primer, even though there's no gunpowder in a dummy bullet, it still has enough force to push the bullet out of the tip. So what happened was someone forgot to hit the primer before loading the bullet into the gun, and when they when they were shooting the scene and he was they were kind of like going through the revolver, the one that didn't hit didn't have the primer already initiated. When he cl- clicked it, the bullet traveled, had enough force to just travel through the gun nozzle. The bullet stayed in the gun nozzle for a good two weeks. No yeah. one noticed. When they put the blanks in there, it fired in. It pushed the bullet out that got stuck in the, wow. the gun's nozzle. Yeah. And the bullet traveled and killed Brandon Lee. And that's such a, like, unexpected. Right. Because a lot of times when they, they do this, like, you think they would check the gun or like figure out like which they should it, right, right? they were clearly dropping protocols on this film yeah. if you already had a couple misfires you had people walking off you had non-union people working yeah. this is the importance of having proper like like prop masters and gun masters on set for these kind of things and they shouldn't have been using there shouldn't have been any live rounds yeah. anywhere near this set like Shay said we're at a point right now like sure you could have uh, like you could have the guns, but like everything else, like you could do, like you don't yeah. need to put people in danger like this. No, and like it's so sad that we're in a place that this happened again. Unions are so are crucial to making movies, and the fact that this movie and this production dropped the ball, this to the fact that it's loss of life and now somebody else is injured. It's there's no excuse for this. Yeah. Whoever's accountable needs to be held accountable. Netflix needs to get, uh, be part of this, do something, and come out and just talk about this own up and launch it. a full investigation. You know? You don't own up to this. I think I think at this point where we're at, like, just give us the details because this is not, this is not right. Yeah. It's, there, there's so many people probably involved as well. Like, the accountability will never be on one person. It, it, I think it's really on the production and as well as even I think accountability should be also on Hollywood. Yeah, for, definitely. For making for for having this idea of like we need to make money on a bu- budget, a movie on a budget, and we need to cut down on things. Yeah, no cutting always, corners. Yeah, on they safety. should always have safety protocols for all movies that are being made, especially a Netflix film. I know this was a low budget film, and that's why they had certain they had to cut things out. But there are given like if you go to if you're building a building, you need safety protocols there and you have your your foremans, you have your safety inspectors and all that that are always on site. That's what you need for every movie that's being made, especially if you're in a Netflix original that's being produced. Mm. Um, But yeah, Alec Baldwin, I can't imagine what he's thinking. Here's a here's this guy who's I'm going to I'm given this gun. I'm going to just shoot the scene and he ends up killing someone like that that to me psychologically is devastating like it's just it's it kills me to even because he he's just shooting a scene he didn't even know that there was bullets in this gun or or what the hell was in this gun he was just 
doing what he was doing yeah, and it, he it, ends up killing someone it sucks that people are gonna you know blame him because he's like the easiest figure to blame yeah. in this scenario but i mean I, I guess until things really come out it's he can't like this is he was just acting he was just doing his job yeah like, um anything else anything you guys want to say it's hard and, and and here's the thing we we started with this new story obviously because this is the most important news story this yeah. week we didn't want to do our jingle either yeah um but it's uh, again, it's 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 an awkward transition for us to get into the rest of the news. So please forgive us for that. But it's just it's just sad. Obviously, uh, there are a bunch of change petitions out there and GoFundMe's. We're seeing things change. Uh, the last couple of days, the, the show The Rookie has now banned all live rounds on set. That was the show I was thinking of. And now hopefully, no more shows and movies uh, follow suit because an accident like this should not be happening in 2021 it should never be happening mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean just look um you know our love obviously with uh helena's family and um if you could support if you could support her family go for the gofundmes there's there's uh, we'll put the links yeah our, we'll put their links in our show notes so check those out for sure yeah um on to our second news story disney delays dr strange 2 thor 4 black panther sequel and indiana jones 5 It's coming from Rebecca Rubin of Variety. Marvel fans prepare to wait a little bit longer to see Doctor Strange, Thor, and Black Panther return to theaters. Disney has delayed release plans for several upcoming films, including Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness from March 25th to May 6th, Thor Love and Thunder from May 6th to July 8th, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever from July 8th to November 11th. With the Black Panther sequel jumping to November, the Marvels have been postponed to early 2023, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium was bumped from February 17th to July 28th, 2023. Along with the deluge of Marvel delays, Disney has moved from the, moved the fifth Indiana Jones installment back nearly a year. The still-untitled film starring Harrison Ford as a fedora-wearing, swashbuckling archaeologist will open on June 30th. 2023 instead of July 29, 2022. The major release date shuffle comes after Marvel's Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings cemented its place as a pandemic-era box office hit and ahead of Eternals, the MCU entry that is scheduled for November 5th. The scheduling overhaul is related to production and not box office returns, according to sources at Disney. Some big changes happened this week, especially for Indiana Jones. My God! I can't believe this old is gonna be, man. <laughs> he's gonna be like a hundred years old, man. He's gonna be like they're gonna be looking, looking himself. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gonna, he belongs in a museum. Yeah. So at least we could say that the Marvel movies were pushed back three months, well, three or four months, and yeah. then Indiana Jones being pushed back nearly a, a nearly year. a year. Yeah. Um, and we know that <laughs> pretty much Doctor Strange has been. I would say finally finished filming. It's been wrapped, yeah, it's for a wrapped, couple months even now. Even Thor 4, because we know um, Chris Hemsworth is already doing his um, extraction. extraction workout routine. So he's doing preparing for that. Black Panther, I know they're filming. I'm not too sure what the yeah, what that looks like. It, looks, it seems like they've been filming for a bit. They've been filming. I think they've been filming, filming since midsummer. Yeah. Um, and then Indiana, <laughs> and Indiana Jones also filming, because we know Harrison Ford got injured doing a stunt on indiana jones yeah, he, should, five. he should probably stop doing stunts i'll be honest i think he was flying his plane to yeah, set I think he was just walking <laughs> god but, that was a um, stunt that he had to do yeah that's 
it, it's not that bad, but when you look at it, I know they, they're going to say it's not due to COVID and or just production due, schedules, you know, production schedules, but it just puts in perspective. Like if this wasn't a COVID type of year or two years, would it still have these delays like this? Maybe. I don't know. It, it's funny though. Again, like Rebecca Rubin, we love reading her stories, but it's always with the movie delays. We, we get her. Um, but it, it's funny. A lot of these movies would have come out already if COVID hadn't happened, right? Just, right. But it's also, I think, good because it, it gives Marvel time to, you know, pivot and maybe make things even better when it comes to maybe during the production or the editing process. It gives them time to kind of reflect, I guess, pivot based on reception of things and yeah. maybe how people react to different characters and things like that. But, I mean, the fact that Doctor Strange moved out of March, I'm actually happy about because now Batman is going to have more time to kind of to flourish and really make an impact and it's just funny that this came out a week after the batman trailer like dropped it's like oh they were moving away from batman now whereas you think about back in the day when it was batman versus superman and uh, civil Captain war in america yeah. yeah exactly and they kept like who's gonna move who's gonna move right yeah. do you think they were afraid of the batman like that trailer Who isn't afraid of the batman <laughs> do you think i don't think i don't think they were scared of the batman i just think it's like you know what we have like why were we going to go in march when we could go in may and just yeah. destroy it's like a month and a half later right? yeah it's not it's, it's not a huge jump yeah month and a half is doable right and i also think it's like when you look at all the avengers films they've all opened in may yeah you know they they have like marvel knows that that is where they could get a lot of that's that's a that summer movie season is kicking off right yeah. and i think that's where they think you know what we're gonna we're gonna have a spot for that because marvel has so many spots on the calendar they could easily just pivot between all of these different spots right, right. so keep march clear and then just and we're gonna have so many disney plus series happening at the beginning of the year too right we're gonna have miss marvel we're gonna have moon knight we're gonna have she hulk like those are all pretty much going to be early uh, to the first half of 2022 so you know push yeah. the movies out and wasn't there news about like sony having two yeah they they put two dates in 2023 so one in uh, i believe july and then one in october which is heavily speculated which will be venom three yeah makes sense i mean yeah. venom does well in october so which one does well in october sorry do it venom <laughs> we're to miss out when you start your new job you know, we'll miss wait, you on wait, the show wait, we'll miss you on the show take care man I'm this is also shay's, shay's goodbye party if anything i'll be more on the podcast how are you gonna be more on the podcast no man two I'll microphones <laughs> hello hello left and right channel but um, um uh, yeah well yeah hopefully there's no more delays you know no more delays no uh, is that hashtag no more delays? hashtag no more delays listen at least here's the thing at least these moves like shay was saying they're not that bad and it's also just, I think, good to to give us some more breathing room between projects, between yep. shows. Because if Marvel is really treating these Disney Plus series as important as their movies, then you want to give these shows room to breathe instead of having things overlap with one another. You want to mm -hmm. give them each their marketing beat, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's go on to our third story. And some fans of, uh, if you're fans of Barbie, this is, a, this is a huge story. Ryan Gosling to play Ken opposite Margot Robbie. And Barbie movie from Warner Brothers, Lucky Chap, and Mattel. And this is coming from Justin Kroll of Deadline. Margot Robbie's Barbie movie looks to have found its Ken. Sources tell Deadline that Ryan Gosling is in a final negotiations to play the iconic Mattel character in Warner Brothers movie centered on the classic doll line. Greta Gerwig is directing the pick, with Robbie playing the titular role. Given his busy schedule, Gosling initially passed on playing the part, but insiders added 
add that as pre-production dragged out and the studio remained persistent with him being their only, only choice, an opening in this schedule appeared, allowing him to sign on. With Gosling close to signing on, the film looks to be on the verge of a green light, and the hope would be to shoot at the top of 2022. Gerwig co-wrote, and co-wrote the script with Noah Baumbach, who is the, the director of... Marriage Story. Yeah. And also, I believe... They're married. They're, they're married, married yeah. yeah. So, interesting, uh, interesting pairing there. Uh, yeah, interesting. They have an interesting relationship. Gosling well. has a has a busy schedule. Gosling, I guess. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I'm like, what? What are you? What are you working on, man? Maybe maybe he just has like life stuff. Just just father commitments. Father eh? commitments. Yeah. Oh, and he's also like wants to be close to uh, Eva Mendes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Why'd you make it? You sound like you're like, oh. Like um, I would have a busy schedule if my wife was Eva Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> His last movie that we or, saw was First Man. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was in twenty eighteen. And then before that, Blade Runner. So what's what's in his production schedule? He has the Gray Man, Wolf oh, the Man, Gray Man yeah. the Actor Man. Project <laughs> Project Hail <laughs> Mary and Barbie. Interesting. But like that that again. A lot of that's announced in pre-production. We don't know like at what stage they're at, even if they're going to even go through. But man, since 2018, we haven't seen him, so I don't know if he's got a busy schedule. Are you Ryan Gosling? I just say that like I like Ryan Gosling a lot. I'm like, just saying, how top. do you know what he does? Well, we talk. When he's we talk. I'm like, yo, how's Eva? Or I call her E, and he's yeah. like, don't call her that. Her name's pretty <laughs> short, and I'm like, sounds good, man. Um, do you think they're going to sing the Aqua song in this movie? I hope so. If they don't, it's it's a crime. I'm I'm just hoping he smashes a wall with his fist. Oh, interesting. Wait, what? I'm telling you right now, this... this it, well, <laughs> I'm with, with the Noah as, you know, the oh, writer. I was, I was yeah. like, when does Ryan Gosling... Yeah. Remember Adam Driver, he yeah. smashed his hand. You guys got to watch Marriage Story. It's a great movie. And then he's, it's a great he, movie. Can you imagine that, that element, but it's Barbie and Ken? Oh, yeah, that's be so it's funny. Same movie. You die. Die, and then you were hit by a car. Yeah. Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> and your dream house, too. Yeah, your brand new convertible. <laughs> Hot pink. So this is how the trailer is going to start, right? It's going to be like just, just ambient sounds. And then you're just going to hear like a very like, like pitched down scary version of like, I'm a Barbie Hi, Ken. Dun, dun. It's going to be like, well, like when you know like when they us. do, you yeah. know, like us, like that. And it's going to be like Peel movies. Yeah. yeah. And then like Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. What a good looking cast. My oh, God. What a handsome well, cast. Yeah. They're supposed to be right. I know. But it's like, damn, like, damn, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting that Ryan Gosling chose, like he decided to go through it with this, this Ken. Um, yeah. It's a strong, it's a strong, you know, like creative team here. Yeah. So I think the script is probably what it acted him the most yeah and i mean he's very picky with his films it's true and lucky chap as well too is margot robbie's production company so they've been pumping out some really great films as well too i'm interested to see where they go with this with the barbie film yeah yeah i'm super interested to see what um what this like this script calls for barbie like i you know barbie's barbie they're toys right yeah Yeah. what 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 is greta gonna tell us greta's greta's a great director little woman is uh one of my favorite movies for 2019 um, this was also originally going to be Anne Hathaway at one point, and it was also going to be Amy, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes, so yes, yes. very different now. Very different perspectives. Yeah, so I'm glad Greta and uh, Noah are on this, because I think it's going to be something really uh, something really interesting when we finally see it. Yeah. So is is it is Barbie supposed to be like a real person? person? I think so. Yeah, yeah. is she like a toy? Does or is she a person that they like made toys toy? off after, or like... 
I don't like. I'm curious to see like how is, are they gonna? Is it like that Sim- Simpsons episode where they base the, the, the Malibu Stacy? Yeah, Malibu Stacy off of an actual person, yeah. and then that person's really intellectual. Yeah. And but the marketing behind it was, you know, we need to make her pretty and right. voluptuous and mm-hmm. sexualized in this sort of way. And or is it gonna be like like the it's gonna be me music video like the NSYNC one where they're like on on strings on strings, and then yeah. they look very plasticky and stuff. Ooh, no, I don't think that, so. I, don't I think, hope not. I hope yeah, not. Because Barbie was never on strings. Maybe it's just no. Toy Story 3. They're just doing it again. You know? The whole sequence of Ken and Barbie. <laughs> what if this turn just, just turns into one of the Barbie movies? <laughs> and it's oh, like wow. the ones with the crazy what like, if animation. It's, anime, what yeah. if it's a uh, passion kill? Barbie kills Ken. Um, because Ken Do you guys ever have was, Barbies? Huh? Do you guys ever have Barbies? No. No, my sister did, though. My I never had one either. But um, I know of Barbies nah. growing up. I it was so. never like a, <laughs> it's like, a pretty big brand. It's not, that was never my like I, I need to own a can or more of like action figures. Yeah, yeah right? I had like action figures for sure. Like I had like Max Steel and other stuff like that. But yeah. uh, we I also grew Barbie. We also grew up in in the generation where toys were very much marketed heavily. Based Boys on gender, girls. Yeah. yeah, right. It was also, like, here it is, the new Tonka truck. Yeah. Or it's like Barbie's like, oh Barbie, you know, like Barbie. She loves everybody. She, she loves pink. Well, like Boys okay. was like, you want to kill your parents? Here yeah. you go. Oh my and, god. And even even just like with You're other bitch. <laughs> oh god. Even with like other toys too. It was like, here's Easy Bake Oven, and here's Slime Bug Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Make this like there's literally things. But, yeah. I don't want to make that. There are you know growing up now and knowing about um, other people and how they grew up and how some boys like barbies and yeah. yeah some girls like barbies but also like you know toys geared toward boys that were always so yeah it's just it's it's now that's open and that's visible yeah. and we see it but yeah. at that time growing up for me it was like you're not owning a no barbie, it was blue or again pink, i was never interested right? in barbie but it yeah. was like if i was you need to go I definitely, Somewhere. I definitely yeah. played with Barbies like with my friends because like they would have them. Right. I never owned one, but like yeah, my friends would have it, or like we'd be at school and in like the toy area there would be a Barbie and a Ken. Obviously, I wouldn't play Barbie. Like, oh, you're a smart woman. I'd be like, yeah, she's the girl I gotta save, and I'm gonna use this guy over here to kill these other people. Is Raphael and Leonardo true. here yeah. are gonna save Barbie? <laughs> she would have been the damsel if if I did have a Barbie. It would yeah. have been like she was. The damsel in distress and yeah. my action heroes. And again, we, we were young and dumb back then. Too, yeah, right. We were kids. But like somehow they would wrestle each other. Yeah, they would end up wrestling, they would wrestling each other. Like <laughs> because all my action figures tended to like fight like wrestlers. Oh, I'm gonna give them a suplex. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig are going to adapt any of this? I think so. No. This is. I no. think this is free for them to take. I got a call the other day from yeah. a GG, and I was like, and they were like, "Hey, what do you want to see from a Barbie film?" And I'm like, "Why are you calling me?" And I gave them. <laughs> Listen all to this, this week's episode of the movie podcast. Oh, we'll tell find you. Out soon. I think it'll be a serious take on me Barbie. Oscar I think it'll be comedy. Oscar. Uh, nominations for Margot or Gosling? No, no. You don't think so? Because Greta eh? did Lady Bird as well, so she has some comedy genes in her. Oh, for sure. So I, don't, I, don't I think see. she's going to have some of that. And Margot Robbie for Barbie? Best Actress? No. Hey, crazier things have happened. I can't see that happening. Like Scorpion almost won for <laughs> yeah, yeah, Scorpion won winning Best Actor. Best, actor. <laughs> <laughs> best Picture, Best, best actor, actor, Scorpion. Oh my God. That was this year, right? That, that felt so year. long ago. That was yeah, so funny. Yeah, that was so long ago. My God. That was so good. Um, let's move on to some box office. Cha-ching! I'm supposed to say I it. I know! I messed it up! I, I like, looked at it. Don't do it, you dirty bitch. Oh, yeah, no. I'm going to actually pass it on to 
our good old friend from last week's episode, Mr. Dirty Bitch. He's oh, going to talk Mr. about... Mr. DB. Mr. DB. Oh, wait. Hold on a second. Those are my initials, though. <laughs> Hold on. You are the dirty bitch. It's me. He got me again. Dirty bitch box office number one fan. I'm back. Back to all that dirty shade. Uh, first of all, happy birthday. Hope you had a great birthday party. Congratulations on your new job. Over here. We're going to miss you on the movie podcast. I'll take over that Why is it turning into Macho Man now, by the way? You, you are not even three minutes. Listen here, break. brother. Bone saws ready. Oh, my gosh. Hey, freak show. Get over here. What are you doing up there? That's a nice outfit. Did your mommy pick that for you? Uh, Our audience right now? I was actually husband. Our Our audience? Just... They just muted us. They said, how do we remove stars from the show? <laughs> They're like, I, I hope these guys fail in life. Um, I, that voice hurt my throat more than anything in the world as well. It just it just slowly transitioned out of like <laughs> some some I like, didn't I didn't mention <laughs> you guys. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> the guy the guy in Texas was, yes, yeah. Macho Man Randy yeah. Savage. Who who insulted me. You're just me. cutting a promo right yeah. now, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so getting so what, back the to the box yeah, office. Back to the box office. This time I'll tell you, and this is Shay. Uh, <laughs> Dune is estimating thirty three dollars. No, I'm just kidding. Thirty three million to thirty nine point one. We don't have the official numbers yet. Just at the time that we're recording. Um, I hope they come out kind of soon. But I remember we were talking about it a little while ago, and this movie's had its. Shares of ups and downs, um, the the millions of fan screenings they've done, et cetera, et cetera. Warner Brothers likes to, you know, sabotage their films almost before they're going in, and the fact that the film leaked as well almost a week prior to it coming out on Dis- uh, on Disney Plus on <laughs> HBO Max, and it was available a day early on HBO Max, but then they also said, okay, we'll do it a day early in theaters as well. So as of right now, you know, opening day did seventeen point five million, but we're estimating close to forty. And I think when we were talking about it, I'd said, yeah, it'll be around thirty to forty. So I'm happy that I wasn't too far off. Yeah, no, I, it's it's good to see. I'm hearing more and more good news for a sequel. Yeah, people are talking about it. Um, I think Warner Brothers will green light it. I just wish they've done they did it before. Like two years ago, yeah. So we and they knew. built it all together, one hundred percent. Because this movie, um, and this week I actually watched it, and I'll talk about it in my review. This movie is the production value for it, and the set designs and all that are like wild. Like they're they they feel like you're actually on another like, planet. This is actually a real building. Yeah. So with that type of workload, we won't see another sequel for at least three years. Yeah. Because they're, they're right now they don't even have. I don't know if they have a script or. I would assume that there's things in motion already. I mean, Warner Brothers has kind of spoken about a sequel. The knees obviously spoken a lot about a sequel. But like you said, Anthony, by the time this gets off the ground, you know, Zendaya and Chalamet and all these people are busy. They're in like this yeah. whole cast are all super in demand actors. Well, there's only a certain amount of cast. Right. But we need. Right. But still, there are people at the end of Dune that we don't know their fates going into the to the next part of the book. Yeah. Even the like who we do have, Timothy and Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson and Javier Bardem, like there is a big that's that's a big whatever whatever crew that comes from that second part of the book. Right. And it's like you need to have those kind of plans in motion. And I don't I don't foresee us getting a sequel to Dune until 
2024 2025 which also sucks because that's a that's gonna be a big kind of time jump where i don't think i don't know if there is a really a time jump in the book because it's very much half the book that they adapted so it's gonna be interesting to see how they do this again i just wish that they shot these back to back or had a plan to shoot maybe they've been playing it very close to the chest but we'll see i'm i'm i really like dune i want more dune i just don't want to wait for more dune you know, mm-hmm. Dune. Dune. Dune, Dune, brother. I can't, I can't do it. No, no, it's gone. That voice is right now. It's has gone. the rest. Let's go on to trailers. 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 Uh, we had two big trailers. Ambulance, <laughs> the Italian film. Uh, ambulance and Uncharted. Let's start with ambulance. Um, Ryan Gosling. Why Ryan Gosling? Why did I say Ryan? Ryan? Not even no, Ryan. Not even Jake, Ryan. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Same thing, Ryan really. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Abdul Mateen the second. the second. And Isa. Oh, she, yeah, she's yeah, in Isa it. She's Directed in it. by Mikel Bay. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Uh, this is a Netflix film? I don't no? think so. I think no, it's theaters. Just, no, it's theaters. 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 Yeah. Interesting concept. I feel like I've seen this film before. But maybe it's because of Michael Bay and yeah. his way of shooting and the look that was given to it. Oh, yeah. But um, <clears throat> interesting premise. Jake Gyllenhaal plays uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Abdul Mateen II. They play, we'll say, friends who grew up together. And one is trying to, one's really, really rich, which is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. And the other is trying to find money. And Jake's like, why don't we go rob a bank? And he's like, well, I got to save my wife. So let's do it. And Jake Gyllenhaal and I would say goes on a a Jake Gyllenhaal rampage. Rampage, yeah. Because it's like this is where he has fun with being a character. He's not, I guess, Michael Bay when he's directing. He's like, yeah, just be this eccentric dude. And that's Jake Gyllenhaal has that look, very similar to Nightcrawler. Yeah, which I love Nightcrawler. But Nightcrawler was different. It was different. This yeah. one just feels like he's acting. Yeah. Nightcrawler didn't feel like he was acting. Right. Yeah. Um, really quickly, though, before we speak about the Uncharted trailer, uh, straight from the uh, deadline, uh, Tanya Lapointe, who is also married to Denis, who also wrote the Dune art book and who's worked on all of um, the art books for Denis, uh, Dune actually opened to over $40 million this weekend. Woo! Yeah. Oh, is this updated news? Just hot off the press right now. So breaking news. news. So Dune has easily become Denis Villeneuve's biggest domestic opening at the box office and the best star for Warner Brothers and, and HBO Max day and day title with $40.1 million. Crazy. So biggest opening for an HBO Max day and date film yep. and also biggest for Denis' career. So I am good so for him. Eighth number one opener for WB this year. Biggest IMAC opening gross since the start of the pandemic at nine million. Amazing. So that's uh that's that's lovely to see. Um, we were we had our doubts because what else could we have? I didn't. I didn't have. Doubts. I mean, we we, we, we had we, our doubts we, this year. We, I had we, no we doubt. We did say I forty million. Thirty to forty. Yeah, 30 yeah. To forty. But with everything that it has against it, yeah, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice to see. Very nice to see. Yeah. It made a point one. It beat us by point one. Yeah, it beat us by point one. Um, getting back to the trailer, Uncharted or trailers, Uncharted. Um, I just I want know to talk she... about the ambulance real oh, quick. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is really quick. Like it, it, it looks so Michael Bay, but also looks like he didn't do any of his color editing because the color looks very normal. He usually likes to add his orange hues in there, 
None of that. And again, just like in Red Notice, they love these goddamn drone shots that just like Dude, that's, weaving in and out that's, of like. That's going to be used so much. We're now. See, so much. We're now. seeing it a lot. I think post 2015, we've been seeing so many drone shots. I remember they made a big deal out of it on, on Avengers um, Age of Ultron. There's a couple shots when they're in uh, in South Africa shooting. And there, it's like the Hulkbuster fight, and there's some yeah. drone shots there, and people are like, "Oh wow, they're starting to use drones for this." And now it's like every other movie, yeah. it's a just drone shot, drone shot. These drone ones shot. seem a bit more like YouTube-y. you know yeah, what I mean? Do. When I say that, like they're like from like, "Oh, this is an aerial combat trick." From yeah. Like, right. oh. <laughs> you ever watch like drone races? Yes. Yeah. Where these dudes yeah. put on like the fucking the VR, the VR, yeah. VR, and they're like, and they're like weaving through like old industrial buildings. Shit, yeah. Like, Unreal. What the hell? But, uh, it looks like a it looks like a weird movie. Also, like Isaac Gonzalez playing like a like a like she's just too hot looking for like this ambulance like, paramedic, paramedic at the moment. Just just way too done up for it. Everyone looks, <laughs> like Michael Bay. Everyone looks sweaty and shiny. Yeah, everyone's everyone's shiny. Everyone has hot. the look, you know. Or and they and they have like this over like contrast look. There yeah. is there is some sort. There's some uh, sun. Sun flare or sun flare, yeah, yeah, sun flare from the or lens flares. Lens flares. You see like a shot of like the Miami airport, like yeah. a plane flying over. <laughs> but again, it. but I I can't even like Isa being in it. I think that's just so on par for Bay. Oh, one hundred. Like when you look at like Bad Boys, you look at Transformers. Like you have like these incredibly good looking casts all the time, like doing like these kind of grittier roles, right? Yeah. yeah. No, but it, it looks interesting. Looks interesting. Um, yeah, when's it coming out? Sometime. Oh okay, yeah. I'll, I'll let you. Know I, th- I thought it was a Netflix film. I swear to God, I thought it was it, Netflix. It gave me next. It just gave me vibes. Netflix. It gave me. It gave me Six Underground. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. Your favorite movie of the year. I just like the car sequence. That was last year, right? Yeah. That was last year. That's okay. It wasn't bad. I don't remember it. I'll be honest with you. It's uh, coming out in February. It's okay. a movie you would put on in the background, and you wouldn't like hate it. Okay, that's nice, right? Um, <laughs> Uncharted. We're gonna get to Uncharted. Shay, I know you love this trailer so much. I was, <laughs> I was, <laughs> what? I didn't Daniel love was, this trailer I don't so know much. how you felt, Daniel. I was, uh, I was, uh, I didn't get to, we didn't talk about it like as a group collectively as much. I think this trailer gets a lot right about the Uncharted games, but I also think the two things that are most distracting in this film for me, which isn't a good thing, no. is Mark Wahlberg as Sully and Tom Holland as Nate. Nate. I think he looks like a good young Nathan Drake, but I also think he just looks like Peter Parker and mm-hmm. he kind of acts like Peter Parker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So he just kind of very, just, just seems like it's, it's like, a, it's almost like a reverse issue with uh, dear Evan Hansen where I'm yeah. like, Tom Holland just looks so young all yeah. the time. He and does, then he doesn't have the charm that Nathan Drake, you brings. know, I think, I think, he'll, I think he'll have the charm, but again, this is a movie that's taking place when he, Nathan Drake is supposed to be younger. And again, I don't know how much of the games are going to be playing into this because they already have the sequence in Uncharted 3 yeah. in this. I don't see these games as... Movies or games? No, sorry. I don't see the, this movie as like a prequel to the games. Right. I see it as it's its own universe type thing. Because and I agree with you. Because it's very much like this trailer is like, oh, Uncharted Greatest Hits. It was yeah. like, oh, Nathan on the boat, Nathan on the plane with the, the cargo things coming out of it, uh, oh, in the cave, all of this stuff, right? Coming like, out of the a, water. Coming out of the water. Yeah, it has the look. The, the pirate ship. It's like a mix of yeah. all the games. I think they're just trying to like hit all the notes that you're you're familiar with. Um, and I think it looks good in that respect. I'm just really curious to see what this movie's going to be. Yeah. Um, who the, the other girl, is she supposed to be Chloe? Yeah. 
Is it? She looks like Chloe, though. Yeah, right? But is, is her character like... Chloe Frazier. It's actually Chloe. Chloe Frazier. Okay, yeah. cool. Because uh, no. I wasn't sure if it was just like another character or not. No, but... they, they're actually doing Chloe Frazier, which, oh, is, cool. which is interesting. And I mean, they also did a shout out to Sam. Yeah. Again, I, I that was one of the lines in the trailer that threw me off because it's it felt so exposition-y. Yeah. He's like... A, it's like a... Mark Wahlberg's like, hey man, like, uh, like your brother. And he's like, you know my brother Sam. And it's like, I, I was expecting him to be like, you know my brother Sam, who I haven't seen in so long, who's went missing, who was a treasure hunter like me. Yeah, like, yeah. it was like, yeah, it feels it, like they're gonna reveal a Sam. You know what I mean? Some, like, uh, I think we'll definitely end. see Sam at in this movie. Yeah, Timothy I think Chalamet so too. probably. Well, that'd be that dope. Um, it's directed by Ruben Flesher, who uh, again up up in the air, up and down, side to side. His movies are everywhere. Yeah, Zombieland and. Venom. Thank nah. you very much. But the right. first one, where which one? The one I can actually stand. And this is the first Sony PlayStation Studio production Great. as well. It, it was interesting to Seeing see that, that logo, logo yeah. pop up in the beginning yeah. of the trailer. I think I think with this movie, the way I looked at it, it was like I expected something really bad. Like I was like, this this movie's been in production hell. I don't get it. <laughs> it's been like 12 directors. Mark Wahlberg was at one point Nathan Drake. Like that's how this film was going initially. So I'm like, this can only be horrible and the trailer started i was like oh okay you know you heard like the uncharted notes in the background and i marked this trailer and i'm like you know like it's not bad like it's okay it actually like seems it could be enjoyable like yeah. i would actually watch this i, I think this is still gonna- not on board with mark Wahlberg as sully but i'm okay with it so far i think this is going to be in the same vein as the tomb raider movie i think it's going to fall in the exact kind of camp as uh the the alicia vikander one where it's like yeah, it's it's the game, and I think that's it's kind of that's where it's gonna begin and end for us. But I'm right. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's great, as I hope for all movies. Were you great. hoping for uh, the you know Tom Holland's cherry character to be in this? Uh, no, no rectums were in this no trailer rectums. though. No rectums. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, all the parts are there. Hopefully in this, I just yeah, I'm I I'm just can't see him. As- yeah. I can't see, but like, no offense to the dude, he does a really good Peter Parker, but he doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the look. He looks like a boy. Yeah, he always has. Like, a I don't kid know look. how young he's gonna be in this. He can't be sixteen. Like, if he's twenty, he ain't no, he's, growing. He, he's at least twenty-one in this. He's right? not growing any taller than what he is now. He's gonna look different. He's right. not gonna just grow. Look, you know, like his face is not gonna have that character. Right. He always has the boyish look, is, right? Yeah. So I don't know if he was the best. I understand why they did it. Yeah. Sony, Spider-Man, Tom Holland's huge actor. People gravitate to him. But I just, I as a you know person who's played all these Uncharted games, can't envision this dude rescuing me. Yeah. Other than in a spider suit. Did you, uh, did you play uh, Uncharted 4 yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Did you beat it? Yes. Yeah, oh. I remember you telling us. I have I not played the, 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 the... Lost Legacy. Lost Legacy. Yeah, okay. You're going to wait good. for, you're gonna wait for the PS5 one, right? Am I? I don't know. I, don't know. I bought it. I just oh, okay. Just there. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, let's see. Let's see where it is. I mean, this is coming out in February, right? So we don't have too long of a wait yeah. for it. And uh, fingers I say, crossed. I can say, if you haven't played Uncharted, go play Uncharted. All three of them, all four of them, as well as the appendices that are connected to it, because it's it is itself more than a movie. It's like an interactive phenomenon. Yeah, for, me, I, for I, us at least. I literally I replayed four last summer 
because I was going for that platinum trophy. And now that it's coming out again on PS5, I'm like, I'm 100% going to play it again mm-hmm. with all like the the new bells and whistles and new visuals in there. I'm like, I am so down to return to those worlds because, like you said, Anthony, like I think it was in our in our interview with Billy McClellan that you said, you know, like video games are very much like almost. The evolution, evolution of, of, of movies, movies right yeah. and uncharted is 100 percent that yeah. and talking if we can go back if we can rewind just to trailers um we had our first grand theft auto remaster trailer that we was, did yeah that's a big one because we all love grand theft auto i think we should do a grand theft auto episode one day just because it was what would you disrupt those cars <laughs> yeah, we just talk about our, our history with grand theft auto or maybe we oh, could do sure. it right now because we do have lots of time I don't know how much time we have, actually. <laughs> but, um, I mean, yeah, we're almost at an hour. So. Grand Theft Auto. We should biggest, do Grand Theft Auto. The biggest though, yeah. franchise ever in video game history mm-hmm. is coming back, remastered, Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Now, we were... I was hoping for a little bit more, but I was, I'm super excited to get what we're getting in November. But I wanted to get your takes on, on this uh, trailer. Yeah, San Andreas is, is, uh, is one of those games that I sunk in hours into i think like easily over two three hundred hours i put into that game probably more like when, when you think about playing a game as a kid and that was the only game you played That's true. and you played it every single day yeah probably have maybe other, a thousand like, hours nothing that, else you know? no other responsibilities yeah you're probably right i mean i wish there was a way to know um but man i'm i'm very very excited for that i didn't like it's one of those things where i knew the game wouldn't look day and night different but it mm-hmm. actually looks really damn good mm-hmm. like the adjustments and the effects and the changes that they made look really damn good it looked it was more than i thought it was going to be yeah. when especially when when you're so used to seeing a game and then you, it's not until you see the side by side comparison that you're like oh shit like that's actually a lot cuz you get so used to i think seeing like mods and stuff like that online where it looks like hd mods and it will look really nice but when you see the game side by side, I like that they didn't just uh, kind of just port them over like they did before. And I ha- like I own them on PS4 and PS5 to play it, but it's like the old versions of them just now with a higher resolution. This is in a new engine, has better lighting, has better character models. Um, hopefully the music is all there as well, too, because yep. music is such a huge part of those games. Um, but also the controllers are re- the controls are revamped. They're, they're, it controls God. more now like how GTA 5 controls, which I'm so excited for to have a weapon wheel, to have just better controls, because those games back in the day didn't have great controls in them. They were so hard. The GTA controls were not good when we were growing up, and yeah. now hopefully we'll, we'll be in a spot that they are. I think it looks great. I, I bought it already. I'm just so excited to play it. Um, but we should definitely talk more about GTA when, that, yeah. uh, when, yeah. when they come out. Because again, we, we were talking about cinematic games. Right. Those were like Vice City for me is such a pivotal part of my childhood like it's just it was so good it yeah. made me fall in love with the 80s and i just love that 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 game yeah. so much so there's there's i think a lot that we could uh that we could t- uh, we could talk about from them for sure i just want to do a little update to the box office as well oh wow oh, uh, uh, an update to the up- rewind, another, another update um just on some of the things so no time to die has crossed 500 million globally becoming only the second film this year to do that in 2021 behind fast nine at least in hollywood it would be, it'll become the third biggest bond movie ever and Halloween Kills is at seventy-three million, becomes the highest-grossing R-rated movie since Bad Boys for Life. Wow! I, which is twenty January twenty twenty, yeah. Making, yeah. I was so making the social media post that you're gonna you should see our audience. The Halloween we one. Hope you go see. 
Uh, yes, go like it and like it quite a bit. Uh, the, <laughs> Hold ha- on a second. The Halloween ones. And I was try- trimming like a lot of like Michael Myers 2018. And that movie that I saw was so good compared to what I saw in this new Halloween Kills is absolutely mind-boggling and tragic it's- that we got that version <laughs> and we got this version of 2021. Yeah. I, I don't mean I don't say this slightly, but that movie and I know this this sounds so awful to say. We're it's October twenty fourth that we're recording this right now, right? It's Halloween in a week, and I think Halloween Kills killed any enthusiasm I had for Halloween this year. Yeah, like yeah. I have not wanted to watch any scary movies. I haven't felt like watching any Halloween things because I'm just like 100%. I'm I'm over. Like after watching that, I'm like that turned me off so much that I don't care about halloween now like i'm already thinking about like the christmas and the holiday movies and hawkeye and stuff like that in november like i'm just so over halloween and it sucks that that movie just killed so much momentum that i had going for this uh, season because we were going to do like like we're like a halloween episode and stuff like that and i think we were just all just so down on that movie yeah. we're like let's just kind of yeah let's let's it really not. it really killed the buzz Let's move on to Out This Week. We have Last Night in Soho. Edgar writes horrific fantasy 70s... Or 60s? 60s. Yeah. Uh, take on... Um, London? Horror. London, <laughs> London yes, Horror? Yeah, London Horror. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. Yeah, I great know movie. we all liked it. Um, Definitely a great one to go watch this weekend if you are looking for... Um, like something spooky to watch in theaters. Yep. This is a good Halloween movie. This is yep. a good movie that released in Halloween. Um, I hope it finds its audience because again, it's coming out uh, end of October. It's coming out in a weird spot in between like Halloween movies and then Eternals and Spencer next week. So hopefully it, it finds its audience because it's a great movie. And you can listen to our review right now. Definitely. What are we watching? We'll start off with Daniel. Uh, I finished The Sopranos, so I uh, burned through all six seasons of The Sopranos. Um, I think, again, this show is monumental, and it is it is what so many shows after it look towards, but I, I definitely think it shows its age a little bit, um, especially in the last season, because it is the last season, I guess, was split up into two, and it just felt long. Um, and I don't think... I don't think the second half of the show or anything like five and six really captured some of the magic that seasons one and two had, especially. Um, and obviously, it's no—it's uh, not a new thing that the ending is very controversial to the show. I think you know how the Sopranos ends. You obviously know how the Sopranos ends, but if you don't know how the Sopranos ends, you know, just stop listening now. It just ends with Tony kind of just like in the in the diner. Is this? Keeps looking behind his kind of shoulder. Keep, keeps looking behind his shoulder. You know, Meadows coming in, trying to park, and yeah. it just kind of ends. And I get, and I get the, the the imagery behind that. But I also think when you're on a journey with with eighty plus episodes of a character, I don't know. It just if the rest of the episode was uh, stronger, I think I would have accepted that ending more. But because the last episode really didn't even feel like the last episode, because mm-hmm. there's so many unanswered questions, it just it just kind of ended and. I didn't really think about it much after that. But again, it's a phenomenal show. I think um, James Gandolfini is a phenomenal actor and he was taken from us too soon. But um, what a show. Just the highs are so high and it's just so so well made. Um, Eternals. We watched Eternals last week. So uh, check out our review of that. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to plug the review. 
go listen to that. Uh, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 this week just because I was in the mood for something like Celestial after watching Eternals. And I think Volume 2 is just, uh, it's a great movie and I think it's an under rated uh sequel in the mcu mm-hmm. um they added uh the making of black widow on disney plus the the assembled series so i watched that there's also going to be one for what if so i'm really looking forward to seeing the behind the scenes of making what if as well too which comes out later this month um and i watched inside lewin davis just because that movie has been on my mind recently and it's such a damn good movie it's probably my favorite coen brothers movie and uh i definitely recommend you watching it that was also my first uh, exposure to Adam Driver was in that movie. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys seen it? No. No. Really good movie. I own it though, but I haven't watched it. Should watch it. It's a good one. But that's about me. I haven't I hadn't been uh it wasn't too crazy of a week though. You well, you you've watched quite a bit, I would say. Yeah. I think Eternals being the biggest one. So yeah. I'm excited for you all to listen to our review of it. What about you, Shay? I, I really didn't watch much at all. I mean, Sopranos, I'm still going through that. Uh, Eternals, uh, French Dispatch, which we have a review out for as well, and uh, You Season 3, which I am really, really liking. Really, really Did you liking. finish? No, I've got about one episode left, I think. Um, but man, yeah, it's really good this season. I'm excited. I'm excited to finish it because, wow, I didn't expect it to be this good considering Season 2 was not at all. Is it because now he's in a relationship with a child? Like, he's, like you know what I'm saying? Like, he's now in this different part and it makes the character interesting that he has this kid but he's still a murderer Uh, yeah in some ways i think the thing with you is season one um is very interesting because you're like trying to believe all this is happening and it and it and it seems believable but it's also kind of crazy and like well what the hell is going on and then season two keeps trying to make you believe it and you're like okay well it's a bit much now. Like you're telling me this is still happening. Like this is a bit crazy. I, I don't, I can't fathom this. And then you introduce a lot of annoying characters as well. Um, but then season three, I think it's very self-aware. Like it, it kind of pokes fun at it right. itself and it becomes very just, yeah, it, like self-aware is the only thing I can say. It's almost meta in some points, but you know what you're getting in for and you're just kind of watching it for the ride that it is. And so I think I was having more fun that way. Cool. I've been watching uh, this week Eternals, which we have the review, The French Dispatch, Succession started, season three, a really well done episode. It literally picks off, picks up right after season two. So the, 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 the huge cliffhanger that left season two is started right up with season three. Loving it. Looking forward to all the episodes. I wish they were all out and I can watch them all. <laughs> you just watch them all, eh? Um, I put on Killing Eve. Jodie Comer was on my mind because of The Last Duel. And I'm like, I want to watch her in her hit series again because I've been watching Killing Eve for about three or four years now. Um, she's so good. She's such a great actress. She plays all these, you know, she plays as a Russian killer, but she can change her accent so, so quickly. And she, she does her dialect so well. She... She has her proper English, her American, her Italian, her Spanish, her French. She's such a like worldly actor, actress, and she's just phenomenal in Killing Eve. And if you haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it. It stars Sandra Oh, and it's a really, really, it's a blend of comedy and drama, and it does a really good job of getting those two together. And the chemistry between Sandra Oh and and Jodie are it's just fantastic. And I finally watched Dune. I was invited to this Dune because I bought the ticket and um, <laughs> I was able to go watch Dune and I I really liked it. I really liked Dune. I, it wasn't hard to follow. Um, I know I've been told that 
Dune is a very complicated story and it's this massive book. So I always had this hesitation getting into it. And it was always, do I really want to go into a lore like that? But Denny did such a fantastic job with the script and explaining what this story is about and having all the different elements and just following along with it. Fantastic. And everything in that movie is so well done. Mm-hmm. And the only issue I have is it just ends so abruptly. Yeah, it does. It's like there's so, more, so much more. And watching it, you see it says Dune Part 1. And you're like, okay. Part 2 is not, even, <laughs> is not even there. It's not even close. But I encourage you to watch it in IMAX, wherever you are in theaters. Um, fantastic, fantastic movie. It's crazy to think that, you know, I guess another little update to the update of the update of the box office, it's the biggest domestic what? opening since Joker. <laughs> oh, wow. In 2019. Like, that is, that's wild to think. That Dune? Since, Dune, since wow. October 2019, this is the biggest opening. Shang-Chi didn't open bigger? No, for Warner Brothers, sorry. Oh, for, sorry, yeah. Yeah, for, for Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. I'm like, that is, that's Crazy. absolutely wild. Yeah. Good for them. Um, They've had some, you know, string of poops lately <laughs> yeah really bad films like not bad films sorry, but like bad, bad box office bad box offices yeah. yeah there is um there's a youtube video with uh denny villeneuve uh, i think it's uh i don't want to say vanity fair yeah i think it's vanity fair where he breaks down the scene of um the scene where he's putting his hand in the box yeah right? timothy chalamet is putting his hand in the box and you just hear how much dennis loves this film like he explains he's a very good director but he's also really smart and yeah the way he explains why this scene happens and what the character is going through is absolutely like fantastic and i and think like, that's shit this guy's like on top of it. he's not a director like just to yeah i wanted to create this movie and da, 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 da. no he's like he in, gets it he gets yeah, he this gets series and you want a director that gets it and not on a surface level gets it like really gets it yeah because that's where you get the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings. I was Rings literally one. about so I was waiting for yeah. you to finish because that reminded me so much of Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings where you're taking this lore heavy, dense, really not friendly book to for people to read and you're presenting it in a way that yes, it's still lore heavy, but it's still um still so opening for people to get invested in this yeah. lore. And it's not just it's not like a lore where it's like a movie where you'll get like I think of Alita where it's like here's the lore of this world and here's this we're going to spend an hour playing this uh this uh rollerball roller ball game um but it's like no you're you're building these relationships and the lore and these characters and these worlds and these these politics that you understand why um things are happening and what's happening and why people are the way they are right and that's why I really hope we get sequels to this not yeah. just part 2 but part 3 and part 4 and wherever it goes from here yeah. I just, I feel like seeing Dennis being so enamored in this movie and this, this story, I feel like he will take the next 10 years of his life to complete this. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. This is like, you won't see anything else from him. Maybe you will, but I just, I just see like the, the, it just gets bigger and bigger from here, but yeah, fantastic job. Let's get into our interview with art director from Ron's Gone Wrong, Karen DeJong. How you doing, Karen? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm Daniel. This is Shay. So thank Hi. you so much again for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, day's going okay so far? Yeah, it's brilliant. 
That's awesome. Uh, congratulations on the release of the film this week. Uh, obviously, you've worked on many films. We were looking through your uh, your IMDb of everything that you worked on, and we were just everything. We were just like, okay, she's worked on like some of the most iconic films of all time. So we're honored to have you on the movie podcast this week. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. So as an art director on Ron's Gone Wrong, what are the responsibilities for that movie? Well, I work with the production designer and um, he has a, a bigger view, you know, the, the color script and um, um, developing this sort of look of moments. I work with a team of artists and we design the characters, uh, the environments, the props, and create packages, uh, literal pack, digital packages of the, the modeling design and then the color and the servicing qualities we're looking for. Uh, then I also, from that, I continued to work with the, our art department for Locksmith. And then I worked at DNAG to work with the modelers and the surfacing team to make sure that they followed that look. Um, and also with the matte painting department and the uh, final set dressing, where we look at the final cameras with the environments and then place props and treats, as an example, uh, in places that were supporting the, the animation so that we could keep our focus on the characters and the storytelling. So it sort of falls, falls all the way through. That's awesome. Uh, with a project this big and so many different teams that you're working with, what's I guess the biggest challenges that you face with? And obviously, I don't know if you guys were working during the pandemic on this film as well, too. But what was it like, you know, bringing everything together and having to communicate with all these different teams? We started off um, working uh, Locksmith in its own studio. And then we moved to DNEG to work with the team there, which was fantastic. So we're all in the same building. Uh, of course, when the pandemic hit, then we're all working from our living rooms. Um, but we had spent quite a lot of time together so that we could, um, we already had a, sort of that language of being part of a team, which was great. Technically, I'm sure there were many challenges, but from a, from a uh, communication standpoint, um, it, was, it went rather well, considering we none of us had ever had to do that before. So... The last, I'd say, year, more than a year was, was in the pandemic. So, um, yes, I mean, I think everyone found it a challenge, uh, but somehow we managed to finish it off. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how just like the simple things that obviously that we, we took for and just like working, everything has, has changed. And, and I guess on the topic of change, you know, you, you've been in the industry and worked on a bunch of different films, as we said, you know, at the top of our, of our discussion, how has your job changed over the years? How has what you've been doing uh, evolved from like working on movies like Lord of the Rings or speed or contact to working on like animated films of today? Well, way back when I first started, I was doing traditional map painting and then moved into digital uh, at a time where, you had to take your exabyte drive with your content and physically take it somewhere to show them what you're working on. I much prefer the way it works now, <laughs> so much easier. But it, it technically, uh, that's something that's always going to be changing and, and, and progressing. And, um, but artistically, nothing beats working with your team. So 
We all still do our little doodle scratches it's from another person. I was trying to describe how Ron's wheel works. We were on just a little bit earlier. Um, what's great is that camaraderie and the teamwork that you have uh, is very special and very inspiring. And we do a lot of, you know, like silly doodles and that oh, amazing. <laughs> just silly things um, that all eventually, you know, gets uh, scanned in or done digitally or drawn over digitally. That was the sketch and, and goes from there. Um, even things like surfacing on a tree. Sometimes we paint something and scan it in and augment it and just because you sort of take everything, all of your influences. Uh, so it's not only one thing. And that's the joy of working as a team and people get very inspired. And we you know, had a lot of field trips to be very inspired with too. So that has not changed. That, that's consistent, that's constant. Um, and I think that that's uh, a great marrying to the focus of the film, you know, how important people are. So I think uh, technology is fantastic and teamwork is even better. Well said. That's awesome. Uh, what were your favorite movies and shows growing up and how did they inspire you? Oh, boy. I don't know if I should tell you. I'm going to really date myself. Oh, please, uh, please. <laughs> Welcome it. Go right ahead. Okay, I grew up on a farm uh, north of London. We had an antenna, right? So we got two channels. I, if I remember correctly, I think channel 13 and channel 10, I think that's what they were. Is that right? Or channel one and channel 13? I don't remember now, but um, there were films and Saturday was at noon and my dad would come and sit with us because he was always out on the farm working, but every Saturday he would come and watch the movies. So that was my inspiration. Just all those old movies, um, the romance of it. The first time I went to New York, I truly believed I would be seeing women with hats on and long gloves. I couldn't, when I got there, I thought, oh my goodness, what I've been living in this, this fantasy world for so long of all these old movies that it never occurred to me that, you know, New York was, should have looked just like Toronto did, but for whatever reason, I kept thinking it was going to be breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, so that was really my inspiration and why e. Coyote? Couldn't get enough of that. Definitely. Great choice. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because like I think there's so many movies and show that I think just paint our own perception of what different places of the world are. And I think with this, what Ron's Gone Wrong does so well uh, is that it. I, I think it gets right what technology kind of could look like today if we let things go a little out of hand, but also how important connection and family and everything, how it all comes back to that at the end. It's just connection. It's true. It's so true. And it's also having an environment, the look at the film to be familiar, but unique and um, uh, relatable, but different. Kind of a lovely balance between those two and creating a world that you could feel that Ron could live happily in as well as Barney. So um, just pushing, pushing the look just a little bit to make it its own, which you're very proud of. 
Definitely. And you guys definitely succeeded in that. So I were, you know, we're so excited for, for people to get a chance to watch it this week, Karen. And uh, from both of us, uh, we're just so thankful that you gave us the time today to talk to you. And uh, we can't wait to see what other projects you get to work on next. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you. That was such an amazing um, interview with Karen. She's a delight to have. I know Shay, you, you have, you know, you usually have your little. Yeah, I usually do. Shay can only do it when he's not on the interviews, though. But like, this wow. Time I was. Wow. I was in, I was in <laughs> on this interview. I, but were you there, though? I was there. You would say I was. You were there in spirit. In spirit. Yeah. yeah. You know. Or in physical. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Um, no one will know. But it was so nice for Karen to wish you uh, to wish you luck on the new job and say Very she'll miss you on the movie podcast, too. She, and the fact that she was there at the surprise party, too, was, yeah. a, little, was a little bizarre. <laughs> she flew in from London, England yeah. to uh, to be part of it. Yeah, she was in London, England. That was yeah. crazy. I remember she was uh, she was talking good good about the queen. I remember that was <laughs> the most important thing. I was like, have you seen Spencer yet? And she's like, no. No. Yeah. Not yet. Not that filth. Oh, oh. Karen. <laughs> but we want to thank Karen for being a part of the show. We and, do. And just like getting her to like talk about all the things she's done. Yeah. Like, she's cla- she classed up the show today yeah. for sure. And we love classy interviews. Yeah, right? definitely. That was the movie podcast or this week episode, this week's episode <laughs> of the movie podcast. Um, as always, you can catch a new episode every Monday and you can follow us. On social media, at The Movie Podcast, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And don't forget to leave a review on our Movie Podcast page on Apple Podcasts. Please do. Give us the five stars. We're trying to get that Rotten Tomato um, accreditation. accreditation. You want to see us on Rotten Tomatoes? Come on. Yeah. Just drop us. Do it. You can do it. And you can join us on Discord, where we will sometimes talk to you, and sometimes we won't. Depends. We'll be better at it. We'll We'll be be better better at it. We'll be better. And... We want you to write into the show at hello at the movie podcast.ca. I know Shay's been lonely with no mail. I'm so glad this is Shay's last show. Shay, we'll miss you so much. Hey, Thank man. you so much, you man. Guys, there is no show without me. And if and if you're if you're looking for all this information, it's in our show notes. So oh, if you scroll Idiots. up in our page, you'll see it. <laughs> Uh, but that was this time with the movie podcast. <laughs> like, like, idiots, come on. Man. You, know, just, you just called our audience idiots. <laughs> you know, the, way you, the way you position it, you're like, ah, come on, it's in our show notes. How could you guys be so stupid? Yeah. Not know? No, no, now do that as Randy Savage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think our, I love I love my audience. I, I love, love the audience too. From wherever you are, I love you guys because you you're supporting us, and hopefully one day um, we'll become bigger and bigger, and you can watch us. Yeah. And, and hear from us more often. Next week, uh, we may be taking uh, off, depending on any ground-shattering news. I heard Shay might be going to a haunted cottage. I heard a cottage. It'll be taken. A haunted cottage. A haunted cottage in Boston. No, I'm going to a cottage. But, I mean, obviously, if there's news to report, the the podcast will be there. The podcast will continue on. But keep an eye out on our social media feeds to see uh, what happens. That was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next.